Hello everyone, welcome to Cold Wave Soundcheck, episode 4. I'm Aaron Pollock. This show is dedicated to the bands performing at Cold Waves 4 in Chicago, September 25th and 26th at Metro. Check the show notes for ticket links and the full lineup which includes headliners Godflesh and Frontline Assembly. On previous episodes, we talked to three bands performing on Friday night, Author and Punisher, Lab Report, and Two from the Yacht. Today we talk to Saturday performer James Baker and get an exclusive listen to an early mix of a song from his next album. This is Rorschach Test.
Rorschach test came about uh, after my experiment with the ministry. I became, uh, I went to college and seminary and became an ordained uh, Protestant minister and was placed as an assistant to the pastor in a local church in Denver, Colorado. You know, to make a long story short, different inclinations and leanings of mine regarding the biblical text were not received well by my audience. Um, I was actually asked to, uh, to leave that institution, was stripped of, uh, of the title of ordained minister. So at that point, really knew only one other thing that I was passionate about besides uh, the study of, of these uh, religions and esoteric thought that I had going on. I also was very passionate about music and uh, got a straight job in a big company in Denver, Colorado and, and met some folks that uh, really uh, also had the same passion and before long we were getting together and rehearsing and the first incarnation of Rorschach Test was formed. I want to move on to when you signed with Slipdisc. If you look at the Slipdisc roster, that really was a magical period. There was 16 Volt on there. They put out Super Cool Nothing, which is still my favorite one that they put out. And the Clay People put out their self-titled on there, which is my favorite Clay People record. And, and N17 was on there and DJ Accucrat and Final Cut. Did you feel like that was a really special time? It was not only a special time, but it was a very special uh, label family. All the bands were very in league and supportive of each other, and we were just like this big eclectic family from all across the country. We were rooting for each other. There was very little uh, ego trips going on between any of the artists. We were all just very... uh, positive and supportive of one another and hopeful and you know it really felt when when frank and and david chackler put this thing together it felt like there was a stroke of genius finally uh in our genre of music we really felt like we were we were all going to get to the places that we had hoped for as musicians so yeah it was definitely a magical time the positive aspects of that uh, time i will never forget i think it's interesting that now a lot of those bands are are rallying around the cold waves music festival you know what the cold waves music festival stands for uh, in terms of honoring the memory of jamie also bringing attention to the the issues that so often are kind of shoved in the closet and swept under the rug and not talked about and so if if i were to comment upon the disappointment regarding slip disc and what happened there Uh, All I can tell you, uh, someone who experienced it firsthand, is that there were a lot of those issues uh, going on, um, you know, particularly in one of the owners. You know, it's just really sad that it it took a hold of not only him, but it it trickled down and affected so many great and brilliant artists and their, uh, their future and their destiny as well.
The breakup uh, is pretty simple. Let's just say that at, at the time of the breakup, there were a lot of substance abuse issues going on with me personally. You know, it was it was sort of like being in the hamster wheel. I was uh, suffering from depression, and I was medicating and treating that depression with substances that ultimately led to further depression, which ultimately led to more substances, which ultimately led to further depression, etc. And I, I remember we, we played a show at uh, Dante's in Portland. And when the, the show was over, I walked out the back door prior to any type of, a, uh, you know, breaking any of the equipment down or anything. I just walked out the back door and started walking across the city and decided that I was just done. That was it. We, we never got back together in terms of rehearsing, writing, or performing again. And um, I went headlong even further, uh, you know, into the exploration of, of addiction and depression and how they were related. And I kind of got stuck in that for, uh, for a long period of time. So what helped you come back from that? You know, I, I think I was at a jumping off point in terms of uh, I had already given up on, on resurrecting Rorschach tests and bringing it back and was kind of resolved into just living a, a very menial, low vibrational life. And um, it started out with something very simple. I had been fooling around with doing a cover of the Creature song, Pluto Drive. Do you know that song? 
I don't know that song. Well, for all of you listening to this podcast, when you're done, the first thing I want you to do is go to YouTube and look up Creatures Pluto Drive. <laughs> because it's a great song. It's one of those overlooked gems that's just uh, an amazing song in our genre, particularly in the, in the industrial gothic genre. And so I was playing, playing around with uh, doing a cover of that. And it wasn't even really a part of Rorschach test. It was more or less just a, a side thing that I was working on, just for my own uh, sort of fulfillment and enjoyment. Uh, what happened as a result of that cover has been that you know the entire band has has come back to center, and we are uh, ready not only to record the new record, which we're in the process of doing right now, right here in Portland, Oregon, but we're also ready to tour and bring back the oldies, of course, that everybody love, and we're so glad to be a part of this Cold Waves thing, because it couldn't come at a more perfect moment. I'm kind of skirting the issue of the original question you asked, and so I do want to be very clear in that, you know, there are a lot of ways to address the issues of, of substance abuse and depression, and there's really no right way uh, for everyone. Everyone sort of needs to uh, find what works for them. And what has worked for me is, uh, you know, a prescription of, first of all, health and wellness, diet and exercise, which I can't stress enough how important that is. Exercising and participating in activities such as yoga and things of that nature, as corny as it may sound, um, these are the things that actually started making sense and working for me. And I mean, I've been through AA and treatment and all of that, you know, all of the traditional stuff. And it does work for some, but it just didn't work for me.
As far as the new direction goes, um, I would say, I mean, we are sort of uh, getting into a uh, meaningful subject matter, if that's even possible for Rorschach test. And um, I guess I kind of felt like uh, in past records, uh, the, the way I connected with, with our fan base was great in that, um, you know, people were aware that there were others who were suffering just like them, and, you know, there's a lot of angst and anger, and, you know, there's a lot of depressing subject matter in uh, all of the Rorschach test catalog. And so it was kind of like, yeah, we're all sitting in this shit together. We're all here, and so there's a camaraderie in that. But I guess in in uh, the new stuff that we're recording, we're taking it a, a step further and stating that, yeah, we obviously we, we were all sitting in the shit, but maybe there's a way out of this. Maybe there's a way we can also help su support each other in positive directions to, to get out of the shit and not just uh, leaving each other there <laughs> as the previous albums did. <laughs> Genre-wise, we're still very much in the vein of uh, a cybernetic organism. Um, it starts with that skeleton of programmed music and then we add on it the uh, live flesh and uh, blood of, of live guitar and drums and bass and uh, so the structure of the music is, is still basically the same um, sort of a, a terminator in the industrial uh, uh, metal genre is how we like to look at ourselves if anyone wants to find out you know more about you where's the best place for them to go online rorschachtest.com and that's spelled r-o-r S-C-H-A-C-H-T-E-S-T dot com. And then, of course, we also are on Facebook and Twitter and SoundCloud and YouTube. But you can get to all of those links by accessing our, our website. We're getting ready to uh, uh, release this new record that we've been working on called American Idol. It will be out and ready for uh, consumption by the time we uh, play the Cold Waves Festival. And so I'd like to encourage everyone who's a fan of Rorschach Test or a fan of this type of music to definitely check it out. From the album Unclean, you heard Satan and Clean. And from the upcoming album American Eye Dull, you heard Nice to be Wanted. For more information, check out RorschachTest.com. Follow us on SoundCloud or subscribe to the show through iTunes or your favorite podcast app with the links found in the show notes to keep up with new episodes coming every Wednesday in July and August. Our opening music is Monster Zero by Acumen Nation. Come back next Wednesday as we talk to Graham Crabb from Pop Will Eat Itself. For this week's Remembering Jamie Duffy segment, since James was lucky enough to have known and toured with Jamie, we have a story from a Rorschach test tour with C-Tech and Jamie's band DJ Aggie Crack. We were in New York. It was kind of the end of the night, and we were getting ready to uh, to pack up and head to, I think it was Montreal was, was going to be the next stop, uh, so we, we would have to cross the Canadian border. I just remember... <laughs> Being on tour with, with Jean-Luc, Jamie ran in. You know, he kind of had this ghostly look across his face, like he was in shock or like he had seen a ghost or something like that. And I, I was just like, bro, what's going on? What's the matter? And he's like, I just saw Jean-Luc de Meyer buy a crystal for $60,000. <laughs> and I was like, what? A crystal? And he's like, yeah. He goes, and I, I think he was floating above it. <laughs> So, 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 
you know, from that point on, we started uh, making jokes throughout the rest of the tour of this floating and hovering crystal. <laughs> and, uh, you know, so it was just stuff like that. Um, another, I mean, I, I don't mean to go on and on, but, uh, you know, when you're packing it up at the end of the night, you're breaking everything down. Uh, I do remember fondly that Jamie turned me on to the band Failure from L.A., was one of his uh, favorite groups that he would sort of play as closing music uh, while we were packing stuff up. So now I, I do have a failure on my uh, my iPod, and every time I, I hear it, I definitely think of him as well. <laughs> 